There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I love your podcast. This is gold. This is where it's at. Welcome to another episode of the Bits of Gold podcast, a.k.a. the Build Your Dream Life podcast, where each week we discuss waking up to who we truly are, finding our purpose, and the importance of building your dream life. I am so excited for this episode today with Melissa Riley. Melissa is the founder of MomsWithoutAMom.com. Melissa Riley is a mom of two boys, a clinical psychologist, and a parent coach passionate about helping moms separate from their mother by physical distance, estrangement, or death. Helping moms move from feelings of insecurity, isolation, and overwhelm to a place of resilience. Through her own personal experience, as well as professional experience, she has come to recognize that moms without a mom experience grief as part of their motherhood experience, even if they don't realize it. Today, Melissa is helping moms all over the country through her website and services, momswithoutamom.com. In this episode, we dive into Melissa's grief journey, her own story of loss, and how she's helping moms all over the country with momswithoutamom.com. With that, enjoy this episode. Melissa, welcome to Bits of Gold Podcast. Thanks, Dan. It is my pleasure to be here. Yes, I am excited to have you on to share your story and share the incredible, amazing work that you're doing today to help others. So with that, we could jump right into it. Maybe just to kick this one off, you could share a little bit about your story as well as like your website, what you're doing in grief space, helping people today. And from there, we could take it to how you became really interested in working with moms as, as a focus, but maybe we could just jump into your story. Sure, sure, absolutely. So my name is Melissa Riley. I am a clinical psychologist and have been for 22 years. And most recently, I have made the decision to expand the work that I do to focus on working with moms without a mom. So I'm um, developing a coaching program for those women. And my passion in working with moms without a mom stems from my own experience being a mom without a mom. So what that means is a mom without a mom is any mother who is separated from her own mom by either death, emotional estrangement, or physical distance. And it has been my experience personally, but also professionally, to recognize that these women experience different experiences from moms that have their mother. And all three categories of moms without a mom have a number of things in common, including difficulty with grief, identity development as a mom, and also some struggles with building community. So that's what I'm doing now. And I'm excited to share that with your listeners. Yeah, likewise. How old were you when you lost your mom? 
Okay, so I had lost my mom at the age of 25. And unfortunately, we had some falling out about eight months prior to her death, and we weren't able to reconcile that before she died, which was unfortunate. And prior to her death, I had lived in separate states from her. So ironically, now I actually fit all three of those categories. So like I said, I was 25 when she died and didn't have my son until I was just a few days shy of 38. So it was a much later in life mom than most. And so despite having had 15 years of my life without my mom in it, when I became pregnant and experienced the birth of my son, I experienced a really strong longing to have my mom in my life and to have a mom in my life, which I did not have and was really surprised and taken back by that. Following your mom's death at 25, when you were 25, what for you, I guess, how did you navigate immediately following your mom's death? Because it sounds like sort of when you turned 38 or when you had the birth of your first child, that's when a whole new world opened up as it relates to your own grief journey. Mm -hmm. Well, it was quite complicated as a younger adult. My first experience of grief occurred when I was four years old, when my older sister passed away from leukemia. And this was back in the 70s. So leukemia at that point in time was almost always terminal. It's still a very serious and scary illness, but there is more hope nowadays, which is really good. So grief had been part of my life for almost my entire life. But my parents, that was such a traumatic experience as one can expect that death became something we never talked about. So we never talked about my sister. It was as if it never happened. And so I learned growing up that death was something that was so terrible, you couldn't even talk about it or it would create problems. You know, it was too much to deal with. So once I became in my early 20s, I was blessed with all four of my grandparents. And my first grandfather became ill and it became apparent that he was going to be dying sometime soon. And my younger sister and I started talking about how devastating this was going to be and, and how we didn't think we'd survive his death. And that's when we realized what a problem we had with grief. Well, thankfully, you know, kind of worked that out before my mom died. And then seven months after my mom died, my younger sister died also. So I went from a family of four females to just me being the only wow. female surviving. I had this amazing aunt who's much more like a sister to me. She's only 10 years older than me, but she didn't live in my household. So, so it was you know, just very different. You know, at 25, I was almost done with my doctorate. You know, I'd been very focused on becoming a psychologist and really poured all my energy in, into doing that and really thought, you know, I had processed it and, you know, moved on, which is a joke because you never move on from grief. Grief is something <laughs> you experience your entire life, right? But that was my naivete, right? So I just went on. I just kept going, right? And, you know, got used to the idea of, you know, being on my own and, and was really quite self-sufficient and did just fine with that. And so it really wasn't until, you know, I gave birth to my son that I realized just how much having a mom is part of being a mother. <laughs> you know, it was something that I didn't have that most other mothers did have. And it was just really very devastating. Yeah, absolutely. I want to just take it a step backwards to 
something you brought up before around growing up as a child, not talking about grief or loss. What was that like? And I guess, how did that impact you in your early adulthood? You know, it sounds like you didn't really speak about loss and grief until really much later on in life. Yeah, it, you know, it was just something that was just avoided. So, you know, an example of that, my older sister was seven when she passed. So she'd started kindergarten. I don't know that she ever really made much of first grade because she was in and out of the hospital. But when it came to the year of her graduation from high school, uh, and we went to a tiny little high school in upstate New York, and somebody had the wherewithal to put her in the yearbook, which was really amazing. So, but when the yearbook came out, and it was a full page picture of this, you know, seven year old little girl, right? Mm. In memory of, and people would come up to me, you know, because we had the same last name, and they're like, you know, who is this? And nobody knew I had a sister, right? Because again, it just wasn't something we talked about. And so it was just that weird experience. And they started talking about, oh my goodness, this little girl is your big sister. And it was at that time, Dan, that I realized, oh my God, I wasn't seeing a little girl. In that picture, I always was seeing it through the eyes of four-year-old me, right? So I still saw this picture of an older sister, which really kind of took me off guard. You know, it's, it sounds like really strange, but, but it was true. I only ever saw that picture and only ever thought of her from the place of being a much younger person. I don't anymore. When I look at the picture, you know, I can see the seven-year-old little girl she was, but it took many, many years for that. You know, so we would celebrate, you know, the anniversary of her birthday and the anniversary of her death day, which unfortunately was right around Mother's Day. It was the same weekend. So Mother's Day always, you know, was kind of a, not a great holiday. I mean, as one can imagine, right? My mom, yeah, you know, that wasn't a great day for her. Mm. So, you know, we just never really mentioned those things. And then, you know, so we kind of grieved in silence, right? When I became a teenager, you know, I longed for an older sister and really wished it was there and felt like there was something wrong with me because I needed that. And surprisingly, when I had my son, I re-experienced a lot of that same longing, right? I longed for my mother and then felt like there was something wrong with me because I was longing for her in such a, a way and felt like, why should I need this? Mm. Why should I want this? What is wrong with me that I can't just be happy with what I have? It's kind of the parts of grief we don't recognize as being grief. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting point. And yeah, it's funny how grief works, how there's all these things that happen or these emotions that come over us where it's really the grief speaking or, you know, the grief presenting itself, but sometimes you don't recognize that in the moment. Right. Exactly. So how long ago did you start Moms Without a Mom and what inspired you to start this and what does that look like today? And then I'd love to jump into a little bit more about what it is today. Yeah, absolutely. So honestly, this is, it's something new. I started it a few months ago and the reason I did is as a clinical psychologist, I'm in private practice. I see individuals, right? But there are only so many individuals I can see every week through that clinical practice. And people come to me that are experiencing anxiety or depression or other, you know, psychological disorders. So it's from a clinical space. And I see a lot of moms. And over the years, I've seen a lot of moms without moms. And the things that they have in common 
is that sense of what is wrong with me? Why can't I be okay with who I am as a mom, right? So I was seeing all these common threads that you know were what I experienced, but didn't have the language or the words or the awareness to make sense that this is all happening because you're a mom without a mom and what you're feeling is different and it is real and it is, you know, a lot. And so, you know, it, it struck me that there was this real need out there, but nobody's talking about it. And so I did some research and I, I didn't see availability, right? There aren't people that are focusing on this. And so I realized I wouldn't be able to impact a lot of people through my clinical work. So I decided to add the coaching. And so what coaching is that's different than psychotherapy is it's focused on a particular problem or issue in life. And it's from the perspective of health, right? And so it's about learning your strengths and strategies and tips in moving forward. And so it doesn't go into the deep personal dives of what you've experienced that could be causing it. You know, we do a little bit of that, right? But it's not at the same deep level as therapy. So I can impact and reach a much broader audience, which I think is really important. So, you know, what I'm doing now, and, you know, I will provide for your listeners for free. I have these two awesome guides that are for moms without a mom. The first one is for moms with babies that provides them with a way to take care of themselves when they're not able to step away from their own mother. So one of the things that's really common for moms without a mom is they don't have that go-to person, like I was mentioning earlier. You know, most of us, we go to our mothers when we need support or help, you know, or if we have questions or just need to talk in the middle of the night. And oftentimes that that's a mom, right? And so Moms that a mom don't have that same community. So we have to create that. And so when you have a little baby, you know, everybody's talking about self-care and you make yourself a priority and that's all great. But if you can't get away from your child or you choose not to separate yourself from the child, how do you do that? And that's what this guide is. It's called the care for yourself while you care for your baby quick guide. So I have that. And then the other one is for moms with children of all ages that Notice those. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Feelings of longing for their mom and memories or, or sadness. 
that is taking them away from enjoying being a mother. So it's kind of distracting them from paying attention to what's right in front of them. So it's a, it, you know, it's five cent strategy to bring your attention back to where you are. And, you know, I, I do some one-on-one coaching. I've got some packages and, and some things. And then this fall, I'm going to have a, a much bigger program laid out. Oh, that's amazing. I understand your focus is moms without a mom, but it sounds like much of the work and the conversation being had is very applicable to anyone without a mom or maybe even a parent or yes. uh, yeah, probably a parent, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And, and the thing is, there's lots of those moms out there, right? That their mother might be alive. They don't have a relationship with their mother. Perhaps mm. it was toxic or there's some kind of estrangement that they're no longer connected or maybe they just value things very differently. And so they've made the real difficult decision to step away. And so in many ways, they are moms without a mom too, because they don't have her in their life, right? And so, so it, it really does reach a lot more women than we realize. And so, yeah, I think it's so important for moms to, to build those communities, to feel heard and understood, and you know, to have those spaces where they can share their either grief stories or their memories or, or just that feeling of wanting to belong. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know if there is, if you can generalize this, because it might be specific to the individual, but would you say, is there a common theme or a common thread that you see moms without a mom experiencing once they become a mother, once they go from, you know, not mother to becoming a mother? Would you, would you say that there's a theme or some thread that yes. connects them? What, what would you say that is? Yes, there are three things that tend to occur. One is there's this experience of grief, right? So it's either a grief process for the mother that they lost, or it's a grief for the absence of a mother they hoped they would have as part of their mm. mother journey, right? So we can grieve not only yeah, that makes people, a lot of but sense. we can grieve relationships or we can grieve the absence of a hoped for future, right? And so that grief process Absolutely. is something that is a very common thread. The second thing is that lack of or difficulty with creating a community. So like I've been saying, the, the go-to person that a mom often represents isn't readily available. So creating that mom community is really important. And so many moms without a mom that I've talked to, that is their, their number one struggle is not knowing who to ask questions to, not being able to just say, hey, I need to take a break, come help me, right? Not having somebody. And so I've got a little strategy for that that I can mention in a minute. But the third common link between these women is the difficulty in creating their mom identity. So identity is just kind of understanding who we are as compared to others of the same category. And so mom identity is something that tends to occur when we have a mom to mirror. And that mm. becomes complicated if there isn't that mom figure or if our own relationship with our mother has been problematic. So trying to figure out who are we that's either similar or separate from our mom becomes a little more complicated when they're not in our life. So those are the three things that link them. That makes complete sense. And this might be a too general of a question, but how do new moms navigate 
or at least in your experience, how do they navigate as successfully as possible without a mom when they know that, you know, they have that void in their life? That is an excellent question. So several things. First is I encourage the ability to express their grief, right? First to recognize that some of that yuckiness that they're feeling is likely a grief process, right? And for some women, particularly postpartum, they may recognize depression or anxiety, but some of it is also also grief. And so being able to share the stories of of their, you know, earlier life experiences or the relationship they want to have and finding safe places to do that is important. The second thing is to create that mom community. And there are four people that I think it's really important for all moms without a mom to have in their life. One is a wise woman. So this is the person that they can ask questions to. It's the one that has the information, right? And this can be a professional. You know, for me, it was, you know, my, my son's, the teachers at his early learning center, but it can be, you know, an aunt or a friend, right? The second person is the emotional support. So this is the friend or the person that you can lean on and just express how you're doing emotionally. And again, this can be professional too, but they don't give advice. They don't try to cheer you up. They just listen. The third friend is the go-getter. So this is the one that gets things done. So we all know people that never sit still. They're always doing something, right? And so if you need somebody to pick up groceries for you, or you are just overwhelmed with all the must-get-done things, you can call them up and they are just there in a heartbeat and just get it done for you, right? And then the fourth person is the late night talker. And this is really important for moms with babies in particular, right? And so finding somebody that, that you can just call at any hour. And one of the things I struggled, Dan, when my son was young was this silly belief that I was a burden and that it was not okay for me to ask for help and that there was something wrong with me because I just didn't have my stuff together enough to do it on my own. And that's just ridiculous. We are not biologically built to take care of all of the needs of our family by ourselves, right? So that's just ridiculous. Yeah. So I encourage, right, that if you have four people, to ask them to assist you for one hour once a month is never a problem. I mean, think about it. If you had a friend that asked you to help them for an hour once a month, would you bat an eyelash? Of course not. So if you have four people, yeah. right, and you spread that out, then you've got help for an hour once a week. And that is such a huge burden lifted off moms when they're struggling. So, Yeah. It sounds like if you take all four of those people, put them together, you have, you have a super mom there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think, you know, what goes along with that is I think it's important to recognize the strengths of your friends, right? Because none of us are all four of those, right? Yeah. Typically. And so if we, if we know the strengths of our friends and we ask them, you know, based on those strengths, it usually works out so much better. I mean, I am really good at being an emotional support. Now I, you know, I, I fill the role of wise woman quite often. Late night talker. If I hear the phone, you know, I'm there. But <laughs> I'm not the get things done one. You know, my laundry sits in Got my it. washer forever. <laughs> so that's not my strength. I mean, I, I would like to be that person, but I'm not right. So just is yeah. what it is. I would say probably most moms don't even fit. You know, all all four of those uh those those traits. No. It's certainly interesting. Both my sisters recently had 
their first child. In one case, one mm-hmm. of my sisters had twins. And it's interesting speaking with you, hearing you know your perspective as someone without, or as myself, as well as my sisters, no parents at this point in our life. It is interesting. And I think about my own grief journey quite a bit where it's interesting how you get to new milestones or markers in your life where grief presents itself in new ways. And I'm recently married almost a year now, but no kids yet on in my life. But I know at some point that will be an interesting change in, in my own life where grief will present itself in a new way, whether it be the, the absence of the people there, the loss of what could have been. It is interesting. I feel many people who don't experience loss for much of their, let's just say their adult life. Growing up, you think, oh, of course, I'm going to have my parents and you know you sort of paint that like disney movie in yeah. your head of what your life will be across the board what your dream wedding will look like what your marriage is going to be what your family will be I and mean, obviously it's not the case for so many people right and you bring up a really important point is that grief isn't linear right it does tend to get re-triggered during those milestone experiences and not just your own milestones but the milestones of your children so, for example, you know, you can do great during the, the baby years, but maybe it's when your child goes to kindergarten and that's the year you were when your mom passed away, right? It may trigger all kinds of things, right? And so it doesn't always happen when we think it's going to. And sometimes it really takes us by surprise. So that is absolutely a very important point. Thank you. Yeah, that makes complete sense. What should moms do if they find themselves really struggling? I guess, you know, to that effect, at different points, because mm-hmm. I think also what's has been my own experience with grief is a lot of times when things are really good, and this has just been my own experience, but when things are really good and things are really exciting, for me, like I can think back to getting married, there was so much happiness going on that I really couldn't feel in the moment, like the sadness or the pain or the hurt, but it did catch up to me, you know. I'm now almost like a year out, but I would say probably like six to eight months after actually getting married, you sort of get out of that wedding phase in your head where it's just like, this is, you're so focused on planning your wedding and all that. Mm -hmm. And then it hits you all of a sudden, really like getting hit with like a bag of bricks over the head where it's like, wow, I really miss those people or that person. That's been my own experience. Again, I don't want to speak for anyone, but I imagine a lot of times immediately following like the, the birth of a child or your child, you have to have some immense feeling of joy and happiness, you know, for this new beginning in your life that, Mm -hmm. you know, I would think that the feeling of the happiness sort of outweighs in the moment, the feeling of sadness, but the sadness might catch up and creep up to you later when you realize maybe when you're up late with your baby crying and you're like, I really wish I had my mom here. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, I think it's really important for moms to reach out right, is to not feel like they're alone. Because again, we tend to carry that as with such an intense feeling of shame. I shouldn't be feeling this. I should be happy, right? What's wrong with me? And we suffer in silence quite often. And so talk with your friends, make sure you let your providers know what you're experiencing and reach out, right? Find a counselor if you're needing that, a therapist or a psychologist, or you can reach out to a coach like I was talking about earlier, and you certainly can reach out to me. I would love to hear from your listeners. You, know, you can connect with me in many different ways, but, but reach out. Don't 
feel like you need to be alone through this because you aren't, you are not alone. There are many of us out there. I love it. Well, we can start to wrap up this episode. I am curious, do you think you'll ever expand to do, you know, like there are so many applications. It could be moms without a dad, dads without a dad, dads without a mom. I'm curious if you (laughs) imagine expanding in that direction or you're going to continue to focus on moms without a mom. I am going to focus on moms without a mom for now, right? What I see in my future, I'm not sure, but I would love, right? I would love somebody to focus on that because I think, yeah, I think that is important. Dads without a dads, dads without moms. But me, right now, my focus is absolutely on moms without a mom. I love it. Where can people find you, connect with you if they want to learn more or seek your help or see you know, if you, you can help them as they're navigating their own life? Yeah. I invite them to follow me on Instagram. So moms without a mom is my handle. They can also find me on my website momswithoutamom.com. And, you know, we can link those two guides I mentioned to the show notes if that's possible. So they can grab those guides. And Absolutely. That will connect them to me as well. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today, Melissa. I really appreciate it. You are very welcome. I, I appreciate this opportunity. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Bits of Gold podcast. If you like this episode, please take a minute subscribe, leave a review, and make sure to tune back in this upcoming Monday where we drop an all-new interview to help you continue to build your dream life. I love your podcast. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.